0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Calder's Calling, the Calder's Times flagship podcast and your premier destination for everything surrounding the American Hockey League. I am Corey Swartz and today I'm joined by Dina Weinheimer and Jay Forster. Uh, Before we get started here today, if you aren't already subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, do so now. If you're currently watching on YouTube, please feel free to like, share, and subscribe so you can get every episode straight into your feed each week. And I'd also like to thank our show sponsor, Document Doctors. While not on the ice, they can help you and your business optimize and increase your revenue and profits to a bigger slice. Check out Document Doctors LLC. And don't forget to mention that the Calder Times sent you to them. And speaking of that, eagle-eared listeners of the show will no doubt notice that I used a different name there. So Dina, how about you uh, maybe explain the, the reasoning behind that one?
1: Well, um, as Corey mentioned, and as, again, you probably noticed if you've been listening to this podcast at all, that uh, there was a rebrand that happened here on, well, the day that we're recording, Tuesday, the 23rd of January, and um, just to kind of keep a lot of the uh, tea or drama or whatever, you know, kind of behind the scenes, um, we were kind of, I wouldn't, okay, I would say kind of forced into a name change um, from another uh, professional hockey website um, that felt that the name was kind of encroaching on their territory. So instead of doing this whole long drawn out thing, we just thought, you know what, if we're going to rebrand, now's the time to do it. Um, So yeah, basically the Calder times it is. And, you know, it's the same crew, it's the same style of coverage, you're still going to get the same podcast, the same type of articles, you know, nothing about that has changed, you know, you're still going to get great interviews, behind the scenes stories, a lot of in-depth coverage, but with this name too, we can, you know, continue to pay homage to the Calder Cup and just the rich history that the AHL and the Calder Cup represents and yeah i'm super excited about this 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 rebrand um yeah that's well, what you think about
0: show. when you think about calder and you think about your first thing you'll think of is the calder cup but the second thing you should think about is us when uh it comes down to it now basically so we'll just kind of move on from there so we'll move on to quick hits right now um and, Jay, how about you get us started off with some disciplinary action and a milestone?
2: Yeah, so let's let's start off over with uh, the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Justin Sordiff was suspended for two games as a result of an illegal check to the head versus the San Jose Barracuda on January 17th. Just the Department of Play Safety continuing to make decisions that I wouldn't necessarily make. Um, I would love some consistency. In, in this as in all things, but as a result, he I believe he's already served his suspension. Um so he is he is back up and running. Um so let's uh go over to the Grand Rapids Griffins, which is a much more fun Uh, Quick hit. Marco Casper named the Howie's Hockey Tape AHL Player of the Week for the period ending January 21st. He had five points, including three goals and two assists. And he led the Griffins to two comeback wins over the weekend. Again, just a really great example of um, a really fun rookie this season and I know that's kind of I've been banging a couple of drums on this podcast all season and one of them is how much fun this rookie class is and Casper is no exception I'm a huge fan of his game uh and I'm really annoyed about how good the Red Wings prospects continue to look uh because they they look real good but uh Casper is definitely up there in terms of exciting players for the Grand Rapids Griffins for me this season anyway
1: I'm loving this, this rookie class. Like you said, it's just been so much fun to watch. And I mean, there's been some good ones here because that's kind of hit through the AHL recently, but I don't remember any being this, uh, this energized, this exciting, this involved with the season. All right. And we're going from the rookies to the veterans and a veteran that's been around a little bit, Seth Griffith. He actually has now set a Bakersfield Condors franchise points record with his 189 points. So congratulations to Seth. Congratulations to the Condors for getting a new player to hit that new milestone.
2: Seth Griffith is one of those players that in my head is still like 23. And I think that's because I remember him being, you know, a young player in in the NHL. And I've just Googled him to find out how old he actually is. And he's 31 years old now. And that seems incorrect uh, because I don't necessarily remember him being drafted, but I remember him making the making the NHL. So just to kind of conclude that, time is fake and I don't like it. Um, but we have a trade to announce slash break, I guess. Um, It it, it happened just before recording, um, and the San Jose Barracuda have traded for Lehigh Lehigh Valley's Jordi Bellarive, uh, who is a 24-year-old centre. He has four points in 28 games with Lehigh this season. Um, The Barracuda, I guess, felt like they needed... Another body. I know the sharks are having some injury issues at the minute, so I think they just were like, "Hey, let's let's get another body in here, and he can, you know, keep things warm uh, as they no doubt lose someone or a couple of someone's to the sharks for call ups." Uh, going back the other way is everybody's old favorite future considerations. Um, I'm sure he'll go on to do great things in Lehigh Valley. Will he, though? I mean.
1: There's
0: not none chance of him doing, doing great things.
1: <laughs> okay, fair, fair.
0: It'll be bizarre to see Jordy Bellarive out west. I think that's kind of a new destination for him. I'm used to him, you know, seeing him 12 or more times a season with either Lehigh Valley and or wilkes Bear. So it'll be kind of odd to associate him in San Jose. But we'll move I along here. Let you know how he goes. That's good. That's good. Uh, we'll move along into some milestones here next. And uh, I'll start us off here. Pair for the Hershey Bears on Friday. Uh, Vincent Iorio skated in his 100th American Hockey League game on Friday. Uh, that's just AHL does not count professional games. He has a couple more with the Washington Capitals. And uh, Dmitry Osipov, who was not slated to skate in that game, originally came in out of necessity, played in his 300th professional game both on the same day. So it's always nice when milestones align like, like that.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's always fun when you get to celebrate two guys uh, hitting milestones at the same time. Uh, just one milestone over in Milwaukee. Uh, Spencer Stastny skated in his 100th pro game over the weekend. That's 83 in the AHL and an additional 17 in the NHL. So congratulations to him as well.
1: And, you know, I just love how some teams will only count like, okay, like Hershey, their 100th, their 300th AHL games. And then you have Milwaukee that says, you know what? We're going to count all of them. (laughs) If it's the NHL, AHL, if it's North American pro hockey, it counts. I just love that little bit of- Listen, we love a milestone here
2: in the AHL. They support it.
1: Speaking of milestones here at Calder's Calling, you know that we love to celebrate every milestone, especially the ones behind the bench. So this week, congratulations are going out to Assistant Equipment Manager for the Belleville Senators- Michael Boys, who worked his 500th AHL game this past Friday.
0: And one last one. Finally, a big milestone to mention for the captain of the Charlotte Checkers, Zach Dalpy. He skated in his 700th pro game on Saturday. Of course, the Checkers made it a special occasion, brought in his sons to read the opening lineups, which was a nice touch. And here you can kind of see it on video here. a uh, Really nice scene in the locker room beforehand where, you know, his son's got to read the opening lineup. Love to see it.
1: Yeah, so his two oldest boys are in there. You can't – it's not really the best angle because, you know, they're dealing with, you know, kind of a – looks like oddly situated locker room there. But if you look at his boys, they are just cl- carving copies of their dad. You know, it's it's – <laughs> it's the, well, I love this moment right here, you know, get oldest one gets to come over, hug his dad. You know, just a special moment for the family and the kids right there. And one last milestone to mention, but normally we're talking about milestones, you know, that have just happened. Well, this one is coming up. So this Saturday, the American Hockey League is actually going to be celebrating the league's 50,000th regular season. Game Now, there's no word yet on which game is actually number 50,000. But anyway, congratulations to the American Hockey League. And actually, they're the ones giving the gifts out on this kind of big milestone, birthday, whatever you want to call it, with fans being treated to what they're calling a free view on Saturday of AHL TV. Now, Saturday, all 32 teams in the American Hockey League Will be playing 16 games on Saturday. All of them are free for you to watch at watchtheahl.com or ahltv.com. Um, yeah, so definitely check it out if you are looking for a chance. Like, let's say normally you're a West Coast person, you want to check out some of those East Coast teams. Got some time early on Saturday? Check it out.
2: And I love that they're doing it on a Saturday as well, unlike a certain league that we will not mention who decided to do their, like, NHL frenzy day or whatever it was um, and have all 32 teams playing on a Tuesday, which, sure. So shout out to the NHL for actually getting it right and knowing that what the people want is an entire Saturday full of hockey.
0: Should make like an Easter egg hunt of some kind, like celebrating their history, like across all of 16 broadcasts or something like that, like well, something, that something fun. to celebrate the milestone and, you know, reward people who want to watch all of the games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you probably can't because there'll be plenty there overlapping. But still, you know, it'd be a fun little, fun little thing to work in there, but uh, perhaps not this time. But anyways, we will move along here into our three stars of the week, which is the segment where we pick a player just like they do at the end of each game and give them a star. So uh, I'll get us rolling here. My star for this one is Mike Scarbosa from the Hershey Bears. And I have to just kind of shout this guy out because he's the consistency king. If the Bears score at least one goal per game, I am going to assume that it is Mike Scarbosa had a point or factored in on it somehow. He currently leads, and you're seeing a clip here, that was an essential game-tying goal from the teddy bear toss night. Uh, he is on a five-game point streak, which includes two games in which the Bears only scored one goal. So to say that he's essential is a you know, you know, I think putting it mildly, truthfully with uh, with what he's done, he's a point per game player. I believe thirty-eight points in thirty-eight games played. I'm curious to see if that would be a sustainable thing for him to, you know, keep going down the stretch because it would eclipse his point totals in terms of assists and overall points. Uh, just amazing to see a guy that you know used to be known for his only as really his goal scoring. He was a former 30 goal scorer his first year with Hershey. Now he's piling on assists and points, and you know, really, you know, contributing but in a very different way from what was once the norm for him. So I think that you know his versatility. And, you know, what he brings to this team. I mean, let's just face it. The Bears aren't in first place in the league without Mike Scarbosa. So I had to, you know, give him a little bit of a shout out, even though it's, you know, it's totally what you'd expect me to do.
2: I'm actually going to encroach on Corey's territory here for my star of the week. Um, And I'm going to kind of head on over to Hershey myself uh, in, again, probably a pretty predictable move. Uh, My star of the week is Clay Stevenson. Uh, And as we're kind of seeing on the screen right now, he is the Bears single season rookie shutout record holder with his sixth of the season uh, that he got on, I believe, Sunday night. If I'm reading the calendar correctly, Um, he is currently leading the AHL in shutouts, goals against average and save percentage. And he's doing all of that as a rookie. Um, He is 24 years old, I believe. About to turn 25, um, and I just I love when goalies do good things, and he's doing some excellent things right now. Uh, has allowed one goal in his last. Again, I can't do math on on command, but I believe it's on his last 55 shots, he has allowed one goal. Um wow. So shout out to shout out to Clay Stevenson, who you know the Bears aren't where they are without Mike Scarbosa, but I also think that they aren't where they are without Clay Stevenson.
1: Yeah, Corey, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about this one because you are everything Hershey Bears, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a great point that, you know, the Bears aren't where they are without Clay Stevenson as well as Mike Scarbosa. And I, I'd like to point out that game on Saturday for the Bears was not an easy one. They had come off of a lengthy travel uh, coming back from a really emotional game against the Hartford Wolfpack, it was not an easy game. It was 29 difficult saves for, you know, for Clay. He, you know, really had to face the brunt. You know, the wilkes Bear was rested. They were fully loaded. They have a lot of good players on their team now. You know, it's really just a tribute to, you know, the Bears' team play defensively as well as, you know, all the great things that Clay Stevenson has done that, you know, kind of earned him that shutout. It's a mark that's, you know, this, this isn't a, you know, 18-save shutout, where the goalie faces, you know, five to six or seven shots each period type of thing. Like they, they had to definitely earn that, you know, Todd Nelson was, you know, very complimentary towards clay and the defense and, you know, was outright honest. They didn't play their best game offensively. They couldn't string together two or three passes. I think he said at one point, you know, that it was just a a very hard game, but you know, they find ways to win and clay being so good. Uh, he deserves to have that record. He steps over a couple of big time names at Ron Hextall and, uh, you know, Vitek Vanacek to to move into sole possession of that record, too, which is another fantastic notch in what's already been a fantastic season in Hershey.
2: And he's only halfway through the season as well, which is, you know, he's on pace for 12 shutouts, which is frankly too many shutouts, and he should think about sharing them around. Uh, I don't want to issue a small correction to myself. Uh, he has allowed one goal in the last 52 shots, not 55. So still very impressive.
1: Well, it might be B 55 by the time all is said and done. This is true. It might be more than that, but um, I'm going to interrupt the Hershey parade here. Um, and I am going to go over to the North division to the Syracuse crunch. And I would like to talk a little bit about Jack Thompson, who scores this goal here from way downtown, somehow finds a lane through all that movement and just boom, right past the Utica netminder. And Jack Thompson, okay, he is on a seven-game assist streak, which is the longest active streak currently in the American Hockey League. Now, if he continues to streak one more game, he's going to tie the season-high point streak, or sorry, assist streak record of eight games, currently held by Hartford's Mac. Hollowell, who had that from the season opener from October 23rd, 2023 to November 3rd, 2023. Now Jack Thompson's streak started right before the start of um, the new year on uh, December 29th. Now in two games last week, he scored one goal and one assist in each game, ultimately coming out with a plus three rating on the weekend a four to two win over the Providence Bruins this past Friday and a five to two win over the Utica comments on Saturday, which was in that clip that I showed you. And so one thing I love about this is it just seems like the Tampa Bay organization, the Syracuse crunch always have these gems of players that come out of literally nowhere. I don't know if they're in just like a bargain bin down at the dollar store or where they come from, but Here is a defenseman coming out of nowhere, again, having 0.75 points per game. He's second highest on the team for defense. You know, he's (laughs) just drafted in 2020, a third rounder, and he has just come out of nowhere, already eclipsing his points total for last season. So in the 22-23 season, in 71 games, he had 23 points. In 36 games this season... 27. So, yeah, they the Tampa Bay Lightning have themselves a nice young gem there on defense. And, yeah, they just keep coming out of nowhere. There's always a guy or two that pops this year on top of the normal. Uh, Gage Gonzalez, Jack Thompson, is the one to watch coming out of that organization.
0: Yeah, really good stuff there across the league this week. Uh, Before we move on to our segment section, uh, we'll have a little bit more to share about our sponsor for the podcast here, Document Doctors. Is your business growing beyond the four walls of your office as businesses grow? So do the challenges of keeping people trained, safe, and supported. Document Doctors, a proud sponsor of the Calder's Calling podcast and the Calder Times offers affordable solutions to help optimize your business and keep the good times rolling. They offer content-focused solutions such as training document creation, back office process optimization, policy and procedure development, and so much more. Support the podcast and the Calder Times by visiting them at Document Doctors, LLC. And don't forget to mention us when talking to their team of contentologists. Shop and support small businesses today. So I believe we're going to be moving into a little bit of a power segment here for Dina's uh, segments. Dina, what do you have for us today?
1: So I want to talk about the central division. It's not a division we talk about a lot here on the show. um, Just because of how we're naturally set, you know, Corey's our Atlantic division expert. I know more about the North. Jay's got the Pacific handled, but we're kind of missing that central division and You know, there's so much that has happened in the Central Division over the last few weeks that unless you're paying attention, there might be some surprises. So the first thing I want to bring up here is the Milwaukee Admirals. Now, if you remember, like at the end of 2023, the Texas Stars were in first place, you know, Neil Graham's going to the All-Star Classic here in just, what is it, like two weeks now? a little over two weeks, something like that to coach the central division because his team was in first place. And they actually announced that ahead of the deadline, meaning they had such a, you know, Texas Stars had enough of a lead that Milwaukee or no one else was going to surpass them. Well, now Milwaukee has gone undefeated to start 2024. They're on a seven game win streak. They've won nine out of their last 10. Meanwhile, The Texas Stars have dropped the last six games. They have only won seven, or sorry, they have lost seven in their past ten, only winning three. And honestly, guys, this is not looking good for the Texas Stars. So this season, they are, seven in terms of records, 17th at home. At eight five two and one, good enough for a five nine four points percentage. The road is even worse for them, with a record of eleven nine o oh, and 0 oh, at a five five o oh, points percentage. Now, one thing I really wonder here is if you've been paying any attention to the transactions at all with the Texas stars and their NHL affiliate Dallas stars, goaltender Matthew Murray has been up and down more than a ping pong ball. It has just been, it seems like every day, every other day, he's just getting loaned, recalled, loaned, recalled. I'm wondering if this might be wearing on him a bit this season. So I looked up his and Remy Poirier's records and stats for this season. And guys, considering... We've talked about the absolute scoring prowess on this Texas Stars team. It looks like goaltending is where they need some help. So Matthew Murray has a 2.95 goals against average and a .904 save percentage, only winning eight out of 16 games played out of all what they call qualified goaltenders. So I believe it's when they talk about qualified goaltenders in the AHL, I believe that's um, Goaltenders that have played at least 10 games. So, for the out of those goaltenders, he's 34th in the American Hockey League in terms of goals against average. Remy Poirier, 11 and seven, with a 3.1 goals against average and a 9.07 um, save percentage. When sorting for goals against average, he's 39th. Looking at save percentage, Poirier is actually ahead of Matthew Murray at 23rd. And Murray is 29. It's just, when you've got, still, Logan Stankoven, rookie, we're talking about rookies earlier, and Maverick Bork, your top two points getters in the entire league, and then you have that in net. I was wondering if this wasn't going to come back to get them at some point. It looks like it has. And I don't know what's going to stop this, I don't want to say bleeding, but it is kind of just this massive bleed out of Texas's wins. It's just, it's not happening right now.
2: I think partially it's that Maverick Bork has gotten a bit cold recently yeah. as well. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can score your way out of problems with goaltending. Um, sometimes you can't. So Bork has two points in his last five games with, uh, with Texas And that's extremely unlike him. So I assume he's going through a cold streak. He'll be back soon. Um, But until then, I think it is going to be a case of, well, someone's going to have to score the goals and it's not going to be Bork, so someone else is going to have to step up. Stancoven is still producing like a... Oh, yeah. Like a word that I don't know that I'm allowed to say on this (laughs) podcast, but... um...
1: I mean, yeah, but it's... It's not a good look when you have one player go cold and then you drop six straight. Mm-hmm. It's just something's got to give there, and I know they're they're probably still feeling really good about their their team. I know um, last season I talked to Neil Graham up in Grand Rapids when he was there on um, on a road trip, and they were talking about how this roster. Then, and still carrying over into this season, they have spent years just curating it, working it, getting it to where they want it. And now for them to go basically looking unstoppable in the central to this, I don't know. I I would like to see a move happen maybe just to try to, even if it's just like, hey, let's kind of do a little bit of shuffling, sit some guys maybe. I don't know what it is, but something has got to give with this Texas star team, because I mean, gosh, let's just look at the standings real quick. So Milwaukee again, who was trailing Texas stars by a decent portion to round out 2023 is now eight points ahead of them. And again, they're on a seven game win streak. Grand Rapids Griffins going to do some quick math here is four points behind Texas And one point behind Grand Rapids is Rockford. So if they don't get a uh, a handle on the slide soon, they're going to start falling down the standings quickly. So I'm just going to pivot just real quick, just because we have spent a decent amount of time on this podcast, kind of talking about the Chicago Wolves and that whole experiment and how it's not probably working and all this, but Guys, I think Chicago has figured themselves out. They are now fifth in the Central. They're no longer last. They are 5-3-2-0 oh in their past 10. And get this. Their power play is second in the American Hockey League, clicking along at 24.4%, only two-tenths of a point behind the leading Texas Stars. So kind of tying this all together here. Um Rocco Grimaldi and Chris Terry are 4th and 5th in the league for power play goals with 8 each on the season. The two leaders, Samuel Fajemo and Ethan Frank, both have 9. Matt Donovan, 2nd in the league. Again, a defenseman just having an amazing season. Uh, for power play, assists at 15. He, um, When it comes to the penalty kill, Chicago is Uh, 14th in the league, but they were not a team that I was going to kind of count as my fast, you know, as a fast riser here, but they're just starting to cook up the standings a little bit. And, uh, yeah, at this point they would have a playoff spot, which I would not have guessed at the beginning of the season. So way to go, Chicago, way to go, Milwaukee, Texas. I'm still pulling for you.
0: (laughs) It is a little bit interesting. I'll, I'll tee up my my segment because mine's kind of kind of goes up in you know hand in hand with Dina's here a little bit. Is uh, my my segment? I brought back. If you're following along with uh, with us and our endeavors for a long time, you will recognize this segment. I'm calling it "Hot or Not" uh, as a little bit of a, a throwback to a uh, you know an old time segment. Again, if you know, you know type of thing. But it is just on that very same subject about teams that have been well hot or not and you know Dina already kind of talked about the Milwaukee Admirals at length here and that was where I planned to start this journey so I won't tread over what's already been tread upon here but uh what I love to see about it is that you know this is a team that's kind of surged you know again they conquered the Texas Stars they've been undefeated to start 2024 uh, you know a lot of really great things going on in Milwaukee They've kind of been, you know, the hottest team most likely, but I did want to take a gander over at the Pacific division and talk about the Bakersfield Condors, because I feel like that's a team that nobody's really thinking about right now. That's been, you know, kind of flying under the radar a little bit here, guys, they are flying to the tune of three wins in a row. They're eight, 8 one, oh, and one in their last 10 games. And the thing that, you know, we talked a couple times, you know, over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of come up for being newsworthy at a couple of their games postponed. And for whatever reason, they just have not played as many games as everybody else. I mean, you know, the most games played in the Pacific Division Award goes to the Henderson Silver Knights at 41. Bakersfield has only played 32 games so far. They haven't even reached the midpoint of their season schedule just yet. And, uh, you know, this little run they've been on here has got me thinking. If this team is for real, they so you know if you're looking at the standings with us here, uh, the division leading Tucson Roadrunners are at 50 points. Bakersfield is down here at 39 points. If you were to take those points that they have on the table and count them as wins you know, that's saying a lot. That's definitely, you know, an unrealistic expectation. They could go as high as the top of this division right now. It is that wide open for them, so to speak, that they have just that much going for them. They have, you know, very well varied scoring. They have a lot of goals from, you know, several different players uh, so far this season. Um, Again, I know at one point earlier in the show, I kind of said the same thing about the San Diego goals that, you know, definitely have not lived up to my lofty expectations for them. But I kind of loved seeing some of these underdog teams in each division kind of have their day type of thing. We could talk about and say, hey, like there's at the very least, we can say there's good parity in the league that, you know, each team can go on a little win streak here and, you know, prove that there's really good pieces on every AHL team. And kind of piggybacking off of uh, what Dina said about teams that have been total surprises kind of like the chicago wolves i think we had to mention the laval rocket in this conversation here as well uh they've been on quite a tear in their own right here i believe they are something up to eight o and eight o one 1 and 0 in their last uh their current streak i should say 8 1 1 and 0 in their last 10 games overall they have really surged up in the north division standings to suddenly just be uh you know, team that is contending for a playoff spot. Get this guys. The, uh, Laval rocket got smacked by the Hershey bears. Seven to one was the final score on December 16th. And since then, so we're talking a little bit over a month here. They've only lost one game in regulation in that entire span. So that's quite a tear in my book. And seemingly out of nowhere, they were a team that, you know, had every reason to just sort of be like, eh, it's not our year. You know, we're at Christmas ish time you know mid-december here and it's just been you know they've kind of been i would say written off by a lot of people in the league so far in the season and you know here they kind of go turning it around and they've beaten up on a lot of their uh north division rivals here i know belleville's a team that's been kind of victimized by them recently um you know I, i think it's worth mentioning you know we're kind of seeing it with a lot of teams. Texas is one Milwaukee's kind of on the other extreme of things here in the hot or not category is that, you know, this stretch, I would say, you know, post the holidays through January and February, are really kind of the doldrums of the season where you start to see if some of these teams in the first half are as good as they you know, they were in the first half type of thing, you know, um, Texas is a team that they were really good. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. i kind of like to point, you know, just, I've seen it with my own beat with the, you know, with the bears is that, you know, Todd Nelson was calling it for a long time. He said, you know, we're going to hit a period of time where we struggle and there's going to be some things that are tough and we're going to go through adversity. And, you know, that's where they're going to see what kind of measure of a team they really are. And, you know, again, they had a, a pretty bad negative in, you know, at least in relation to them, which was losing two games in a row in shootouts. And they managed to turn it into another positive by winning two games. And now they're on a five-game point streak. So it's something that can really kind of leap out at you this time of year. And, you know, you really kind of look into this period of time and down the stretch is saying, okay, who is who is struggling more than we thought and who's succeeding more than we thought. And as for the not, um, There's a few contenders for knots. The Manitoba Moose and the San Jose Barracuda have each lost nine games in a row in different fashions. Um, The Iowa Wild are struggling. They finally found a win, but they're 2-7-0-1 in their last 10. And, you know, the Bridgeport Islanders continue to flounder 2-5-3-0 in their last 10. And similarly, the stocks are plummeting for the Utica Comets and the Toronto Marlies. And, you know, again, the big question is, how much of this is for real, and who will rebound out of this slump, and who will fade from these hot hands? Here, it's very fun to watch this time of year.
1: So, I want to just kind of go back to your point about the Laval Rocket here for a second, because we were talking just a few weeks ago about the massive amount of of injuries and just how they're not getting any luck, and then, you know what's going to happen because all they have is just Joshua Waugh and you know, what are they going to do? But now since, you know, the turn of the calendar year, which it seems like it has affected most teams either for good or for bad, but Laval has really found a lot of scoring up and down the lineup. You know, it's like for a very short time, they had Arbor Jack guy down from the Canadians. He contributed a little bit. Um, but, yeah, you know, they had Jared Davidson pitching in. Emil Heineman has actually been a pretty decent contributor um, for them, scoring in more games than not here in the new year. Jacob uh, – sorry, not Jacob Larson. He plays for Belleville. He doesn't play for Laval. <laughs> um, but Brandon Kignak, it's just – there's so Lucas Kandata pitching in. There are just so many guys up and down this lineup that have just found another level, and they have a new goaltender in Casimir Kaskasuo that's actually we're doing really, really well for them. I mean, gosh, Manitoba Moose—he saved 28 out of 29 to give his team a four-to-one win. It's kind of like the Casimir Kaskasuo redemption tour. Slash, hey, Laval has figured out how to score beyond Joshua Waugh. And it's just working out perfectly for them.
0: It is interesting and worth noting as well. Shout out in Laval to uh, to my guy, Philippe Maillet, who, you know, former Hershey Bear. This guy's been on a tear as well. I mean, he, this is a guy that, you know, Bears fans know better than most, can score a boatload of points here you know, um, when he was playing with Matt Molson and Hershey for those couple of seasons there, you know, former 54-point scorer with the Ontario Reign back in the 18-19 season. Uh, it's worth mentioning with his stats in his last few games, he's been about a point-per-game player, um, you know, only in his last game, but they've someone managed to finally hold him off the scoreboard. I think they're kind of looking to a few of those guys to really get going, and like you said, they've had some, some help, but these right guys have been you know, really starting to contribute in a big way for them. And as you said, the Kazmier Kaz I always find him funny that, you know, he had a little bit of a social media following before he, you know, kind of got into his contract. I've seen a lot of his clips. I was just watching one yesterday of him testing out a new pad setup. And, you know, he was, Talking about, it almost seemed like he had a teleprompter where he was answering questions about the gear, and he was like, you know, talking about it like as he's making saves and catching pucks and stuff. And you know, I live for the goaltender content as uh, as Jay does, I'm sure. So I, I thought it was really cool, and it's it's you know, it is cool to see some of these players and teams, you know, heat up. It adds some of that intrigue down the stretch here for towards the playoffs.
2: Yeah, it's fun when there are more good teams. Um, You know, I think parity in the league is always a good thing. Um, And, you know, your opinion may vary on that if you have a good team or not. But I I think, you know, if if the same team wins over and over and over, like, I don't know, I I find it boring. Like, I live in a country where there's like three soccer teams that win every single year. And no one else ever really gets a look in, you know. So I I think it's fun when more teams are competitive. I think it's fun when more teams go on these hot streaks. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't think anyone's catching Hershey, but, um, I feel like someone is getting close. I had the standings up and then closed them because that's what I do. Uh, no, no one is close to catching them. Um, they are at 64 points and second in the league is Providence who are at 51 points. So no one is catching Hershey, but it's going to get interesting down to the wire. I feel like.
1: I was going to ask you what your definition of close is, but I'm glad you clarified. I thought like, it was. That's a it was lot of four, points.
2: four points, not 64 points. I I can't oh. read. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're only three points behind them. Nope, they're 13 points behind them. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
1: We're adults. We don't need to learn how to read. Are you kidding me?
0: That's what they have us for.
1: But okay, so I guess we need to read to do our jobs, but. We're allowed to forget how to read sometimes, I guess.
2: It's probably later. It's fine.
1: <laughs> it's all right.
0: Well, and... all right then. We'll, we will move along then. I will... We will be right back with Jay's segment after I do uh, a little bit of uh, business for the channel here. And that is talking about our other great partner in bet stamp sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity and having multiple sports book accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits. And there's never been a better time to sign up when you visit our page signupexpert.com backslash AHL. You will be connected to all the sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable signup offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is the key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our podcast, please consider signing up your next sports book at signupexpert.com backslash AHL must be 21 or over to play only valid in U S States and Canadian provinces where sports betting is legalized. Please gamble responsibly.
2: So my segment is actually going to follow on kind of neatly ish from the uh... From Corey's segment, and we didn't we didn't plan this. We swear, um, we just ha- all happen to have independently picked topics that kind of kind of flow into one another. Um, and I want to talk about how friggin' weird the Pacific Division is being this season, um, because there are teams that I expected to be good, and they are near the bottom of the standings. There are teams that I expected to be bad that are like right up at the top of the standings. Uh, the Tucson Roadrunners are currently leading the Pacific Division. They've got 50 points in 38 games they are 24 12 one and one. I maybe that's because I didn't pay a ton of attention to the to the road runners but that is that is shocking to me uh, they have knocked the Calgary Wranglers out of the stranglehold of first place um Coachella Valley has kind of been having an up and down season but they are they're up there again. Ontario after a miserable season last year seems to have figured it out though they are on kind of a... They're on a three-game losing streak right now, but I have confidence that they'll figure it out. Um, the Colorado Eagles, who I feel like are kind of perennially good, are kind of struggling a bit at the minute. Uh, they're six, three, and one in their last ten, but they are seventh in the Pacific Division. Um, and I believe there's only two of the ten teams in the Pacific Division, only two of them are currently under five hundred, and that's the San Diego Girls and the San Jose Barracuda. So, like, it's the biggest division. It's, in theory, the easiest one to make the playoffs in. But it also might be the toughest, toughest division. I'm looking at this now and, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm standing by that. I think it's the toughest division. Eight of the ten teams are above 500. Um, San Jose Barracuda continue to struggle. Like you said, they're on a nine-game losing streak. The goals have started to figure it out and then decided, actually, they don't feel like doing that anymore. Um just I feel like it's been a complete upside down from last season. A couple of teams accepted um but like I feel like Tucson was not great last season and suddenly have jumped. I feel like Colorado was great last season and have suddenly fallen. And again that's kind of going back to my my comment in the last segment on parity in this league is I feel like generally speaking you can look at the NHL and Guess which teams are going to be good, which teams are going to be bad and which teams are kind of, be st- kind of going to be stuck in that kind of creamy middle of missing the playoffs and not getting a top 10 pick. The AHL, I feel like I look at the AHL and I'm like, I have no idea who's going to be good this year. And that's not from like lack of knowledge. That's just because I feel like the AHL is a wild league that, you know, it's always exciting. Um, you know, and do I think it's extremely likely that the Barracuda are gonna come back and make the playoffs? Probably not, but it could happen. And I think that's the fun of the AHL. So um I'm excited to kind of do more deep dives into which teams are on the rise, which teams are on the fall. Um, but I decided, hey, let's let's take a look at the Pacific divisions, my home division, technically speaking. Um, and the answer to what's going on in the Pacific is a bunch of weird stuff, mostly. Um, the Tucson is the one that really gets me, like Tucson leading the league. Um, Calgary, I think, has, has struggled a little bit this season because Dustin Wolf has been kind of going up and down. And, you know, the reigning uh, all-star of the league missing from your team is going to is going to cause a dip. But they'll figure it out, I'm sure. But as of right now, I'm kind of rooting for Tucson to like win the division flat out. Because I think that I just think that'll be I think that'll be fun. I think it'll be neat.
1: So you weren't wrong about Tucson. So about coming out of basically nowhere. So they finished seventh in the Pacific division last year with a record of 33, eight and one, I believe. Sorry. Wow. Let me try that again. 33, eight and one good for 69 points. And that was a four, seven, nine save percentage. And then, This season they're up to already 24-12, one and one for 50 points. So yeah, they came out of nowhere. But I just have one question to ask the entire Pacific Division with everything that's going on right now. One of my favorite memes ever. Are you okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's not even God. I had I had the I didn't have the screen open, the street the (laughs) street got open, so I just flipped back to um... To that, that that got me. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's one of my favorite means of all time. And, and like
2: just... that's not even talking about Bak- Bakersfield, which Corey mentioned in his segment as well, of like,
1: yeah, you don't know
2: if they win every game to catch up, they are at the top of the league. But looking at, so they are 32 games played right now. Leading the league in games played, I believe it's Henderson, who are at 41. And so they've played more than any other team in the league right now apart from Providence. But if you if the Bakersfield Condors win, if they get half the amount of points from those nine games that they make up that they have in hand with Henderson, they'd still be second in the division. And that's only if they won half of those. If they got if they get nine points out of the nine games that they have to make up, they'll still be second in the division. Just behind um Tucson. So don't sleep on Bakersfield. Is is what the is what this pod, this podcast is saying to you guys? I think is is the conclusion of this is don't sleep on Bakersfield.
1: I mean the whole turnaround that has happened between Edmonton and Bakersfield since the coaching change and all that going down. You know, just nothing good was happening in that entire organization. Like remember when and my brain has just decided to stop working at, you know, seven ish on a Tuesday evening. Um, You know, you have a goaltender sent down. He's not even winning down there. Jack Campbell. That's it. I knew it was Campbell. I couldn't think of his first name. Um, You know, nothing was going right. And then this magnificent coaching change happened and the entire organization has done a complete flip and good, good for them. Um, But it's going to be a race down to the finish. And uh I would just would love to know what makes the Pacific Division so like Corey has talked about the Atlantic being a parking jam, a parking lot. But what makes the Pacific Division so competitive, I mean, especially in that top seven? It's
2: it's all that sea air, I think.
1: Um, oh,
2: they're right next to the ocean and that gives them powers, um, because that's how I feel when I get to see the ocean is I feel like I am a better person. And so I think being next to the ocean makes the team better. This so does not that's... work in the NHL, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> this is my, this is my NHL theory and I'm sticking to it. Is they get to see the ocean and that fixes
1: them. So that's what's wrong with Colorado. They don't get to yes. see the ocean as they, much. They're
2: not close enough to the ocean.
1: Oh, okay. Got
2: to be close to the ocean.
1: But they're closer than Milwaukee. But Milwaukee has the lake. We could go on a whole thing with this. Yeah,
2: I was going to say there's a, <laughs> there's a if you'll if you'll excuse the pun, um, there is a deep dive to be done here in terms of <laughs> in terms of uh, closeness to the ocean and success in the AHL. But that is not a topic for maybe that will be my topic for next week. Maybe I'll look at maybe I'll look at how how good a team is relative to how close they are to the ocean. <laughs>
1: Or other large bodies of water. In the yes. case of the entire North Division,
2: hey, Cleveland's right next to a big old lake. Power of Lake Erie.
1: There we go. I might be onto what?
0: something here. Like, you... This is not nothing.
1: Honestly, you you might be. You really might be. Except for Tucson.
0: I guess we'll we'll let let our audience go with that. We'll go on uh, some thoughts. You know, if we're in the middle of January. What better leave, uh, note to leave off on? than thinking about the beach and warmer weather. So uh, that will be all for this week's edition of Calder's Calling. If you'd like to check out our written coverage of the AHL, please check us out uh, online at caldertimes.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Calder Times. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. Share it with your friends, family, neighbors, mailmen, anybody that you think would like hockey uh, and finally, we'd like to extend a final thank you to our sponsor document doctors. And until next week, I hope your team wins and we will talk to you next Wednesday.